0: I'd like to welcome to the stage, uh, McAdams, Vern McAdams, Vern comes to us from Pinedale, um, is that correct Vern, I said that right, I did, good, I met Vern uh, a couple months back, we had a Gideon's banquet dinner up in Jackson, and I had a chance to sit and meet with Vern and get to know him a little bit better, and Vern, thank you for coming and for sharing the word with us this morning, I'm going to grab my water so I have something to drink, because Apart. I, might be, I might start drinking if you leave it, so, okay, are we up? That book will make you a Christian. In 2005, Gideon's in the country Indonesia went to one of the largest Muslim schools in the country. In Indonesia, it's known as the largest Muslim population in the whole world. 95, 98% of them are Muslim. They went in there, talked to the administration of that school, 15,000 students. The administration said, yes, we'll let you go hand out the word of God in our school, but only to the Christian kids. (laughs) Okay. They said yes. Then they asked Sahadim Ibrahim to go with them. Now, Sahadim was a head teacher in that school. And so he said, Yes, I'll go with him. And his charge was, of course, make sure only the Christian kids got a copy of the Word of God. When they got done with that distribution, they asked Sahadim, Would you like a copy? Would you like to learn a little more about Jesus? And one of the things I've learned and had an elder in my church that actually was a missionary Muslim for years Muslims want to hear about Jesus. So Sahadim said yes. He took that testament and there they moved on. They went to do the next thing they had in mind. What they had. The Gideon's International, we're an association since 1899, let me get the date right, for over 120 years. We've gathered together as professional and businessmen, born-again believers, for the purpose of fellowship, for the purpose of encouragement, the purpose of setting out, handing out the Word of God. We strive with the local church in the, in the integrity, in the Word of God, and handing it out and in salvation. To carry out the, the Great Commission. And we go and hand out the Word of God, help create disciples. The ministry works at the local level. We call it a camp. Right here, basically we've got three counties in our camp here in this part of the world. And our main focus is to put the Word of God in the places where it's likely to meet with people. Hotels and motels. used to go in the schools all the time and hand them out. It's kind of hard to do. I'm I'm a school administrator, a business manager down there in Pinedale for the school district. I cannot go in my own classroom and hand out the Word of God. But I can go halfway across the world and do it. Something wrong there? I can go to a Muslim nation. I've been there, Muslim nation of Indonesia, and hand out this very thing right here in this very language of Bahasa Indonesian. But I can't do it in my own buildings. We have an issue. Yes, we do in this country. We stand on Isaiah fifty-five, eleven. We work with our local church. We hold ourselves accountable. We have to be members in a local church. I hold ourselves accountable our pastors. And we stand there on the exam 5511. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall return, shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereinto I send it. So in nearly 120 years now, We've been handing out the Word of God almost always, one at a time. One Gideon, one auxiliary member. There's 250,000 of us, a little more actually today, born-again men and our wives. And we're handing out the Word of God. In that nearly 120 years, since 1908 actually, we've handed out nearly two and a half billion copies of the Word of God. And it was a pastor that actually said, you know what, you go do the work. And we as a church will help provide the funds. So that's built right from the beginning. The relationship. We're an extension of the ministry of the local church. So we come and the intention of stewardship report and say, here's what's going on, here's what's happening. Okay? I'll tell you something that's going on right now. War in Ukraine. Many of the Gideons in Ukraine, in Poland, the surrounding region, especially in western Ukraine, are taking in refugees. They've already handed out over 300,000 scriptures, had a couple hundred thousand more scriptures in Ukraine to hand out to refugees. They're taking them in their homes. They're teaching them in Bible studies. They're walking them through the word of God and leaving them with hope in Jesus Christ. But I want to read to you what a Gideon from Russia, a Russian Gideon, wrote and told them here recently. And he wrote, We pray for you all the time. I believe that our Lord has everything under his control and will not allow testing beyond our strength. I believe that under these conditions, your testimony and the preaching of the gospel will grow. We must become a a response to the spiritual demand of people who find themselves in these difficult situations. Russian Gideon, talking to a Ukrainian brother. Saying, be the response, be the hand of Christ, to hand out the word of God, to send it out, and show the love in the hand of Christ. And why do we do that? So people actually be saved. People hear the word of God, have changed lives based on Isaiah fifty-five eleven. Let me share with you a little this morning. I'm going to take you, and we're going to jump around a little bit, but I'm going to take you first to uh, South Africa. Lizzie was a young lady, no, no, ex, no direction, no aim, no purpose in her life. She was sitting there going, nothing to do, became very depressed, very distraught. The lady, a member of the auxiliary, came along and said, Lizzie, why don't you come with me to the church? Gave her the word of God, shared the gospel with her, invited her to the church. Lizzie said no, because Lizzie really was not in a place mentally where she could even think about it even talk about what she was doing or think about what she was doing in her life. She was just kind of mechanically going through life at that point in time. But this auxiliary lady kept praying for her, kept approaching her, Then one day Lizzie came up, got up, and went to church with her. Lizzie there heard that there was a God that loved her, a God that sent his own son to die for her sins, paid the price for her sins. Lizzie accepted Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior just from the work of hand out the word of God, and being encouraged. Be encouraged to come to service like today, just like here. We're going to move north up to Russia. Nikolai, just outside of Moscow in the Tuvalo camp, he's been very involved in that camp as a Gideon, and even been the, camp, chair, the president of the camp, and he owns like three farms, several businesses, and his purpose goes back to his history and his life. See, Nikolai, when he was a young man, got incarcerated, and he spent 25 years in a Russian jail. In that time, that Russian jail, he's given a New Testament, just like this one, in his own language, that he could read, that he could understand. And while he was incarcerated those 25 years, he learned there was a God that loved him, that had sent his son to die for him. Nikolai accepted Jesus Christ, became born again, started leaving Bible studies, started working in there, while he was in prison, served his time. When he got out, he had no family, no home, no future, but he had a God that loved him. He knew he had a purpose. He knew he had a place he could go. And so today, he started building his business, building those farms and stuff, so that when prisoners get out of jail there in Russia, they actually have a place to come, a place to hear the gospel. And he's in those prisons, so he knows which ones are believers. He knows which ones actually invite to come to work for him when they get out. So when I was, I was in Indonesia in 2008, this is in the city of Blitar, which is on the east, east end of the island of Java. We were asked to go speak in this jail. The, uh, the on your left, the young man with the yellow shirt, he was a chaplain. A little side note here. My interpreter, we were headed, headed to this jail. My interpreter going, oh, we're going to jail. We're going to jail. He's kind to make light of We're going to jail. I said, "Emor, stop, please. I said, in English, when we say we're going to jail, it means we're locked up. We're going to spend time in prison. I said, in English, we're very careful to say we're going to visit the prison. <laughs> He laughed. We had fun with it. But yeah, we went to jail. I met this chaplain there. I couldn't even tell you his name anymore. I sat down there. That name tag I had around my neck right there. Grabbed the wrong thing here. Something's got to happen every time you do a presentation. Anyway, that name tag I had around my neck. Dirty, filthy, awful, nasty. I treated it like it was gold because of my ticket out of that jail. <laughs> when I was in there. This chaplain told me about Johnny. Johnny was a young man, fairly minor in fraction, short time. So he was handed the word of God, just like this one, in his native language. Johnny took it because he's like, well, papers are nice and thin, about the right size, they'll make great for rolling up and smoking. So Johnny did that. I'm not gonna say what he was smoking. Not even sure I could tell you if I knew. But he was smoking something rolled up in pages that New Testament is given. Okay. He got sick. Got a big old set of space all swollen up and his neck was all swollen up and everything. He got scared because he was so sick. So he goes to this chaplain right here and he says, he'll pray for me. Something, you know, talking about being sick. And this chaplain said, Johnny, Start reading those pages before you smoke them. (laughs) And Johnny did. And after a while, he quit smoking. He just kept reading and kept reading. And when I was in Indonesia, Johnny was a pastor in that same city of Blitar. After he got out, after he deserved his time, he's now sharing the word of God instead of smoking it. Amen. Amen. Michael got asked to go to Mexico doing an international scripture blitz. It was the first morning. He was up. He was early. He was in the motel lobby, ready to go. He was going to be there for over a week and handing out the word of God. And there was basically a janitor. she was mopping the floor. Desk clerk was there. So he decided he'd take a Spanish Testament, start sharing it with that young lady as she got done mopping the floor. Well, he didn't know Spanish. And she didn't know any English. So another young man that was there, he volunteered. He stood up and said, yeah, I'll help you. Let me translate for you. So this young man translated, and they went through the gospel. We put, conveniently, Romans Road right here in the back. He goes through there, Romans Road with her, ask her if she knows what, she, what happened to her, she'd die, talk to her about going to heaven, then ask her if she was willing to accept Christ as her Lord and Savior. She said yes. And he's led her through a prayer of salvation. And then asked her, would you sign your name in the back of that testament he just gave her? And she goes, yes. And she goes, okay. So Michael's thinking, great. My first day. But the young man that offered, impromptu interpreter, goes, can I sign my name in the back of my testament? Amen. Amen. He goes, I prayed that prayer. I want to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. So while they were talking, the desk clerk comes up. You know where he's going by now. (laughs) The desk clerk comes up and says, can I have a testament too? Because I heard what you were saying. I heard that prayer. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So before he even got the chance to distribute, and actually officially go out there and start handing out the word of God, he sees three salvations. You see, that's part of the Gideon ministry, our personal witness, our personal testimony, that we're out there handing out the Word of God, that we're working, striving to make the God of the Bible and the Word here our life, leading and guiding our lives. Craig, this young man, was working in the oil fields, doing exploration kind of work. He pretty much was doing advanced work, so he'd go and literally get in the motel room. He had a young couple that was working for him and they'd literally get three motel rooms one of them kind of became his office you know one for his couple one for him and one for the office Okay. well the young couple happened to be Christians they'd take a bible out of a motel room every day start reading it sometimes out loud sometimes not but they were believers they their chair they'd point them things out they'd talk to Craig about it well Craig grew up Going to church occasionally, coming to church, you know, Christmas, Easter, maybe some other time. Definitely for the funeral or whatever, maybe for a wedding. But that's all I really thought about. That's all I really gave the whole, whole thing there. But they kept witnessing. Sometimes they'd be in this motel for a day or two, sometimes a month. But that young couple just kept picking up that Bible, placed in the motel, and reading and pointing out some things to Craig. And one Sunday night in the First Baptist Church in Shoshone, Wyoming, Craig went to church that night and at the end of that service he went forward and accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior because his two employees were faithful to read the Word of God. They were faithful to go out and say, here, here's what we can share with you. Here's who died for you. There's a God that loves you. God that sent his Son for your salvation. One of the places, and it's so much true of our society today, we've kind of gone to and like to go to is the hotel, or I said hotels and motels, but the uh, hospitals. And I can tell you, most of the time when you're in a third world country, you don't want to go to the hospital. Just like that filthy, nasty badge I had, the dang, the hospitals aren't much better. Okay? But, We're in the hospitals. We're in there. So in the former Civil Union, they're in there. There's a huge hospital. And it's predominantly Muslim community. And they've been praying. They go in there. They said, yes, go in there and place the Word of God in this this hospital. So they go out and do their distribution. They go out and uh, share and leave the Word of God there. It's like Trips is doing right here, right now. It's Dr. Childer, by the way. Anyway, they got done. They were out on the front sidewalk. They were talking about what's next, you know, normal things before they went on their way. And a copy of that one of those testaments came flying out an upstairs window and landed on the sidewalk. Not too far from them. Somebody literally threw it out the window. Which is interesting. I've had Muslims... Cuss me out and say words I would never repeat. I've had Muslims tell me whatever, and I've had Muslims come back and give it to me because they treat it as a holy word. Just don't believe that's the word they should be following. Somebody this time, they'll toss it out the window. This woman comes running up, picks it up off the sidewalk, takes it, holds it up, actually starts dashing in her purse. She looks at the Gideons and said, it's mine. I've been praying to Allah for one of these. That's so what she said. Uh, she found a God that loved her. That sent His son to die for her sins. She didn't know what she was really praying for. But God had a way in her life. So we go one morning to a school a couple hundred kids in this school, got named Hitup Baru, which means new life. We're there to hand out the word of God. To these kids in this school. We get down. we had a couple minutes. Henry here from Canada got to talking to the English teacher. FEMA is her name. And FEMA shared with Henry that day that when she was a teenager, she found a book. She didn't know what it was, and it was in English. She found it. She literally was out scrounging for whatever, and she found this book, and she knew it was English. She wanted to learn English, okay? By this time, everybody who graduates high school in Indonesia taught some English. She was a teenager. She was getting some English at school. She had that book. It was in English. She wanted to read it. She wanted to learn English. She's now an English teacher, but she shared this with us. She goes, that, that book was a New Testament. That book, she learned there was a God that loved her, a God that sent his son to die for her. She accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, and she shared that with us that day. We were there, handing out to those youngsters. You know, part of what the Gideons do is, we're not missionaries. We work in our local area. We do get time quite often, the privilege to go overseas. Like I got to go to Indonesia and it's to help train the local like John and Joko here. John was a fairly new Gideon, Joko and his father were both Gideons on the island of Java. But we're there to help them hand out the word of God and to train them to do do that job and do it well themselves. See, that's where the ministry works. It's not like we spend any money. It's not like we're going out there doing this work and you're spending your money to get us there. No, it's very efficient. $1. fifty-six is the average cost right now of Word of God. Anywhere in the world. And as a church, what you pay for is to purchase that scripture and some shipping costs. All the rest of the costs are on us. Cost to come here this morning is on me. Cost to go overseas is on that Gideon and you know what we have no problem finding Gideon stepping up willing to do it and to go there but I learned something over there John was a fairly new one just loved his enthusiasm loved this thing there and he was pretty, pretty fluent English his family owned the largest pharmaceutical company in the country Okay, he spent a week as our interpreter driving us around And Joko, like my father and I have been busy, I actually learned a lot from Joko. I learned a lot from him in four days. I was there to train him. I learned from him. And it was Thursday night. We'd spend four days together handing out the Word of God. Joko would take boxes, of 100 scriptures, just like this one. Okay? That's $156 today for 100 scriptures. He'd take a box under each arm and go all the way to the third floor of that school. And then he'd say, go tell them about Jesus. You go in there and talk to them about Jesus. Go in there and tell them there's a God that loves them. There's a God that sent His son to die for them. And he'd go back down and get some more. But Thursday night, last time I saw him, he put his arm around me. Hug me. Help me tight. started crying, and weeping. We had just handed out thousands of copies of the Word of God. Two weeks' time between Londonon and on the eastern side of it, in several different cities, we handed out over 400,000 copies of the Word of God, thanks to the local churches like this. There's that going on today in other places. That going on, I said in Ukraine. See where the money comes from. Giving it to the Gideons, we'll get the scriptures there. And we have men and women there that know the language, ready to hand out the word of God. So Hadim, after that distribution in 2005, took that scripture home, started reading it. Guess what happened? Yes. He found out there was a God that loved him, a God that sent his son for his salvation. Sahadim called up on the local Gideons about a month after that distribution and said, I want to be a Christian. So this Gideon met with him, walked through the plan of salvation, not quite in the back of these, made a lot of fun standing in the classroom doing that, finding it. Anyway, walked through their plan of salvation with him. And Sahadim accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Then Sahadim. Shared with that Gideon, he said. When I was a youngster, when I was in school, Gideons came to my school and handed out the Word of God, and I took that copy home. My mother forbid me to read it because she said, That book will make you a Christian. So God's a God of second chances. God gave him a chance to actually read the Word of God. There's three things you can do. You can pray for us and pray for the ministry. Going to be back, I'll take your offerings. or You can use the envelope and give it to Gary. Give it to the pastor we will get it to us. Or you can join. You can join Friends of the Gideons, business professional men. You and your wife can be part of, the, part of this ministry. We have four Gideons in this church. We don't have... My church has three. That's about as good as we get in this camp. We need some help. We need some stuff. So prayerfully consider, I'm here to give. Maybe you should as well, be part of that. But I want to thank you. I really thank Pastor Tim. He told me on Tuesday, he says, can you do 25 minutes? And I'm like, I'll do whatever you want, Pastor. I'll take whatever. And he said, okay. I said, give me more chance to do testimonies and talk a little more about some of this. So you can learn more about somebody like Sahadeen and the real story of how God changed his life. So I want to thank you and I thank the congregation for today.